Coming up on today's show. Yeah, this was definitely <laughs> the first time I'd ever dealt with a, uh, a helicopter a week and a half before ruining the hunting. Yeah. It was eight or nine different states nice. uh, and toured around in the bus with uh, with the hunting public and we hunted all over the place. So yeah, I love, I love turkey hunting and, and yeah, yeah. Cause it, like you said, it will make or break the experience. Having that process be so slow. Broadcasting from the Mid-Migration Outfitter Studios, this is the Finding Fur and Feathers Hunting Podcast. How much direction are you getting from the governor? The Minnesota DNR had reintroduced him into this area. I don't know, maybe you didn't want me to tell the story of the show, but I'm gonna tell but it anyway. I, I knew you were gonna go there. I'm gonna close the entire hunting season. Oh, well, really? Finding Fur and Feathers Hunting Podcast is brought to you by Onyx. Know where you stand with Onyx. By Haybale Heights on Devil's Lake. Visit haybaleheights.com for more. By Ottertail County. Find your inner otter at ottertaillakescountry.com. And by Lake of the Woods Tourism. Plan your trip to Lake of the Woods at lakeofthewoodsmn.com. All right, next up on the show, we're going to talk conservation and ways, creative ways that you can uh, help out conservation organizations, which ultimately is going to benefit habitat and the wildlife that lives in that habitat. And one guy whose name has become synonymous with conservation is Sam Solholt, and he joins us on the show right now. Sam, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. I appreciate you having me on to talk about all this stuff. You bet. You've got a big project, a new effort that I think is uh, brilliant. I think it's a great idea. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to eat it up. And that you are going to announce on uh, Monday. What? When are you going to announce this, Sam? Yeah. So the uh, the new project launches Monday morning, uh, 10 a.m. Central, uh, March 29th. So coming right up. March 29th. It's Monday at 10 a.m. We're going to have, uh, we'll launch a podcast through Sporting Journal Radio with you on Monday, explaining it there too. And obviously people are going to be able to find it on all, on all your outlets. Tell people where they'll be able to see this announcement, Sam. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, we'll be posting it to all of our channels. So not only my personal social channels, so uh, Instagram is just at Sam Soholt. Uh, and then our YouTube channel is Soholt Brothers. And we'll have a video on there explaining the whole project, uh, as well as on the Public Land Tees uh, pages, which is uh, Facebook, Public Land Tees, and Instagram at Public Land Tees. Very cool. That'll be Monday morning at 10 a.m., March 29th. Another way that you can help out conservation with uh, with Sam Soholt. So, uh, and we'll talk about this next week on the show, too. We'll, we'll be talking about all what this project entails. But... Before all that, I want to talk about your trip to Texas with Corey Loeffler, first of all. I, I, I wanted to get this uh, on the air because I got to go down with him before you went down with him, and we had a lot of, a lot of fun. And then you went down with him with a couple other guys after me. I didn't get to go on that trip. Uh, it sounds like it was, a, it was a fun trip. I know the, the pig hunting wasn't as successful for various reasons, but it sounds like overall you had a pretty good trip down there. Oh man. Yeah. It was a great trip. We, uh, you know, it was kind of crazy cause we went right on the tail end of that massive snow and ice storm that they had in Texas, which basically shut down the entire state. Um, including, you know, the place that we went and stayed like up until the day that we got there, like they didn't have any water. Um, and like the, uh, the ice and, and cold had basically, you know, again, just had shut down the entire state. So, before we left, we had to make sure we grabbed a whole pile of essentials, uh, you know, propane and food and stuff because there had been a run on 
all of the grocery stores and gas stations uh, across the entirety of Texas. But yeah, we had a we had a great time down there, and you know, wish you could have been on the trip as well. But um, the pig hunting was good. We had a good time, uh, but it it was not. Uh, you know, Corey had kind of hyped it up and had shown videos from past trips when they were shooting just you know, crazy amounts of pigs and stuff. And so we're all going down there thinking we're going to come home with four or 500 pounds of pork. Um, but what had happened is, uh, it was like a week before we got there, maybe a week and a half, uh, some helicopter hunters had, had hunted that whole area. And what the, what the ranch owner was saying was basically when that happens, it takes a month, maybe month and a half for, for his like kind of resident pig population to filter back in or come out of hiding. So it was, it was some scarce pig hunting, but we, uh, we, you know, you always make the best of it. And we had a great time. Okay, so a couple of takeaways before we move on to anything else. I gotta just, I gotta bring up a couple of points here. And for one, let's talk about the helicopter for a minute because when you go on a hunting and fishing trip, and when the success rate isn't very good on that trip, usually it's oh, you should have been here last week, or we had a weather change, <laughs> or or whatever. Not. Some guy came in a helicopter and shot everything before, right before you got here. That's a new one. That's <laughs> yeah, wild. that was a new one for me too. I mean, because like I've been on trips where you know the bite was hot or the rut was hot the week before, or it you know fired up the week after I took off. But yeah, yeah this was definitely <laughs> the first time I'd ever dealt with a uh, a helicopter a week and a half before ruining the hunting. Yeah, that's wild. Let's back up one more time to you talking about them not having much for supplies at the stores in Texas because of the storm. When we were down there on a, on a, on a weirdly related note, because of everything that's going on, we couldn't find any ammo uh, for our pig hunt down there. Like, you know, like buckshot was, was completely gone. I can't find it around here either for that matter, or anywhere in the United States, I don't think. But so our pig hunting was fairly limited to, uh, you know, the rifle bullets that, that we had already for that trip. So yep. so not only can you not find ammunition down there, but just finding some of the basics uh, because of that storm. That's it's such a it's been such a bizarre time that we're living in right now, Sam. Yeah, it really has been. And, you know, like you mentioned, the ammo shortage on uh, on one of the evenings, we were able to put the, the long guns to work on a group of pigs and. You know, I think I burned up probably 12 <laughs> or so, uh, maybe 12 or 15, six, five Creedmoor rounds on a group of pigs that we were um, kind of corralling <laughs> through the field. And then, you know, like I come back home and I can't find six, five Creedmoor ammo anywhere. Yeah. So now I'm uh, been sc- scavenging the Internet like everybody else, trying to pick up a few extra boxes that make sure I'll get through, you know, this year's hunting season. Well, it sure makes you pick out your shots a little bit more. We guys did get some meat, I know, and we were able to get uh, some meat and a couple of skulls. I know Corey already uh, did some bleach, and I think I wanted his, and I'm just waiting for my my peroxide to show. I ordered some some of that bleach peroxide or peroxide bleach, whatever, to do a, a European mount on one of the boards I shot, and I thought it said March 16th when I ordered it on Amazon. No, it said April 16th. So, oh, yeah, so you got a little time to wait. Yeah, apparently, I'm gonna (laughs) be waiting for a while. Um, speaking of meat, uh, you have got quite a bit going on with meat and with public land teas and public land meat co. Did I see a new, uh, a new turkey call that you guys are a part of? Yeah, yep, for sure. So, we did, uh, so last year we did a collaboration with Bourbon Barrel Game Calls and did, uh, did a custom turkey call. Um, a crystal call and uh, did another collaboration this spring and switched up the the design. So 
we have uh, the Turkey Meat Co. design on uh, it's uh, engraved on aluminum underneath crystal. And so call sounds really good, uh, but obviously looks good with that kind of like shadow box look to it with the with the glass over that over that aluminum. So, um, yeah, super excited about how that turned out. You know, talking about the meat portion of turkeys, like I, I, I got into turkey hunting late. I just always had other things going on in the spring. And I, I, my first turkey hunt was with a bow and I just wanted to shoot one with a bow so bad. And 10 years later, yep. I still haven't shot one with, with a bow. <laughs> I still torture myself. I've shot, I finally, I'll, I'll usually at the end of the season, I'll give up uh, on trying to shoot one with a bow and I'll grab a shotgun and go shoot one. But this year it's just straight up shotgun. First time out. Nice. I, I yeah. don't know. Just, yeah. I just want to eat yeah. one. I pretty much, know? I pretty much only archery hunt turkeys, uh, in places where that's the only tag I can get. Mm. So if it's like an early season or, um, whatever, where I give, you know, allows me to hunt a little bit more, like I'll do the archery thing, but turkeys were definitely made to be shot with a shotgun. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, quit screwing around. <laughs> just get it done. What do you, right. do you travel for uh, turkey? I know you travel around for big game a lot. Do you travel for turkeys too? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, this year we'll be hunting North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, and Montana for sure. And then potentially Minnesota. I might uh, be able to hop in the field with Mr. Loeffler himself. Um, nice. and, uh, yeah, get on some birds at some point, but yeah, try, uh, the, you know, last spring didn't travel as much just because of the pandemic, but, uh, 2019 I hunted, I think it was eight or nine different States, nice. uh, and toured around in the bus with, uh, with the hunting public and we hunted all over the place. So yeah, I love, I love turkey hunting and, and uh, it's become more and more of an obsession every spring. Well, that's my plan. I think is to go up and hunt with uh, with Corey this this year in Minnesota. Yeah, got to so do it. I'm looking forward to it. And man, I'll tell you what. I, f- I forget you live up in Fargo, and when I lived there, like I didn't really like Fargo's great, whatever. But if you like to hunt and fish, it's not the best place in North Dakota for you to live. You got to travel a little bit. And yep. I, but the thing I liked about living in Fargo the most was having that North Dakota resident license. And let me tell you how much I'm, I, man, do I miss having that North Dakota resident license, Sam? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, it, like, and there's a lot, like you said, like Fargo is not a great location, you know, because you have to drive and whatever. But um, yeah, the, the, like the amount of opportunity here as far as hunting goes is pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah, I miss North Dakota. I like South Dakota. Minnesota, Minnesota's fine. I, I, actually, quite a bit of opportunity in Minnesota. People complain about it a lot, but we have more opportunities than uh, uh, than the majority of the country, I think, when it comes to a variety of things to do, particularly on the fishing side. But uh, the, the Dakotas are tough to beat. Let me ask you this question, Sam. If you were to pack up and leave Fargo, yep. where where would be the number one place that you'd want to live? You know, I was a Montana resident for a long time before moving back here. Um, and Montana, like in general, is pretty tough to beat as far as like the number, you know, from a sportsman standpoint, it's pretty hard to beat as far as like the number of species you can hunt, the number of tags you can apply for, you know, the amount of days that you can hunt each season. Um, it, it's uh, it's kind of paradise, you know, it's the one of the largest states in the country and there's just over a million people. So lots of wide open space to go uh, do some exploring out there. Montana is a cool place. I remember driving across Montana to go. We had a, we actually hauled a boat. Bill Saunders bought a boat 
a warrior in Minnesota and then needed somebody to drive. Just bought it over the phone, whatever, needed somebody to deliver it out to Washington. So Tony Crotty and I hooked it up to my truck and drove it to Washington. <laughs> and I'll tell you, that drive going across Montana, I think it took us three days to go from one side of the state to the other. <laughs> yeah, it, that state is giant, Like especially because about the first half of the state, like if you're coming from the east, it just feels like an extension of North Dakota. Yeah. So like you don't feel like you hit anything different until you get to, oh, just shy of Billings, really. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, Montana, obviously big game, uh, unreal big game hunting out there. I enjoy upland hunting and waterfowl hunting so much that Montana doesn't come to mind immediately for me as a destination, but there it, it's very underrated for, uh, for waterfowl and, and upland hunting over there. You can have some pretty good bird oh, hunting in Montana. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean, like, like I said before that Eastern half of the state is basically like an extension of North Dakota. So you have short grass prairie for hundreds and hundreds of miles and uh yeah the upland game hunting is awesome and with all of the different rivers and stuff uh you know the waterfowl hunting uh, can be incredible um yeah it's uh yeah plenty of plenty of things to chase did you ever do uh fort peck i never did fort peck nope i i hunted near it um uh, but i never did any of the waterfowl or fishing or anything up by fort peck i would like to fish it sometime um for lake trout particularly i guess yeah. But um, yeah, and big pike, the pike. Yeah, I was I was actually in where was I? I was in Brainerd when I lived in Brainerd for a short time. I was getting my hair cut at this barber shop, and I'm sitting there, and the guy's got his walls just lined with with uh, shoulder mounts, whitetail shoulder mounts, and then he's got three big pike in a row uh, on top of each other on the wall, just massive mid forty inch fish, you know. And I was like, ah, oh, well, I guess I came to the right place for a haircut, you know, and. <laughs> he goes, he's, I was starting to ask him about those pike. He goes, yeah, they're all Fort Peck pike. And uh, I was like, really? You know, I'd always heard about the lake trout. I didn't know as much about the big pike out there in Fort Peck. Right. And then he yep. went on to tell me about all the four-wheelers he's rescued from that have gone through the ice. And I was like, mm. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I can believe that too. <laughs> <laughs> got to, one of those lakes, you got to know what you're doing out there, I guess. But Yeah, can yeah be, for sure. Can be very good. Um, what... Other than this big announcement that you got coming up on Monday morning, again, Sam Soholder, I guess, Monday morning, uh, 10 a.m., um, public land tease, big announcement um, that we'll, we'll have the announcement. We'll share it here, too, at Sporting Journal Radio, and we'll talk more about it next week here on the show. What else is going on with public land tease, Sam? Uh, we've, we've really just been kind of expanding, um, like, kind of the reach that we're trying to do. And, and what I mean by that is, uh, we had, like we talked about on the Turkey call, we had, um, the public land meat co design on there. And now the public land meat co, uh, brand or like sub brand, I guess you could call it has kind of become its own little spinoff. And my older brother, Josh, who is half owner of public land tees with me is really taking the reins on that one because he has just endless knowledge on processing and cooking wild game and has started to create content, uh, trying to help people, you know, that are out doing a lot of hunting and, and bringing meat home and uh, trying to help them create better meals for family and loved ones and friends um, and just have a better time with cooking and processing all of your own meat and just eating clean. Um, so that's that's probably like the biggest uh, new thing on the public land tea side. And then just continuing to raise awareness out about conservation issues and uh, and public lands and trying to have kind of our customer base and anybody that follows along with our journey 
uh, just helping educate them about how they can get involved and, and uh, support conservation. And, um, you know, if we, if we all take little steps, it's amazing the amount of uh, change that we can, we can have on, you know, whether it be policy or access projects or habitat projects. Uh, it doesn't take much from kind of everybody involved to make a big difference. Are you working with Meet Your Maker? Yes. Yep. We sure are. Um, so we are, um, we've, we, uh, filmed three different processing videos for them. And I think they'll be posting those at some point here soon. We did a, a German cheddar brat, uh, making video, a summer sausage video, and then just kind of a, a loose sausage, um, processing video where we made both Italian and breakfast sausage. Um, yeah, so we've been working with them on the on the equipment side, and and uh, they've been helping us, you know, obviously keep us in in processing gear so we can uh, do a better job uh, showing people what they need to do. They seem to be changing the game with processing, and what a perfect time to do it when so much emphasis has come on the harvest portion of outdoor recreation with people looking for uh, some more uh, natural and organic food that you can go out and harvest and, and process yourself, such as uh, you know, such as venison or ducks and geese, pheasants, whatever it is. What what have you seen? You know, like what are they doing um, that you've really enjoyed? What have they got? Well, I mean, I think overall, the I think the reason I like the company so much is simply because they are able to create very high quality equipment. But because they're direct to consumer, you can buy it at prices that are that are less than if they were going through dealers. And so um, that's the the one thing I really like about it. And we got um, one of the bigger grinders, the number thirty two, uh, uh, one and a half horsepower grinder, and like that thing just eats up meat. And so if, you know, for a lot of times, you know, if it's uh, you know, if it's stuff from my hunting season and Josh's hunting season, you know, and, or, you know, and even like our dad's stuff that he's been shooting, you know, we'll do like big batch runs or Josh will do big batch runs. And so, you know, you kind of need one of those big throaty grinders to, to handle all that stuff. Um, but everything they make is super high quality and, uh, really built like overbuilt, which is my favorite type of engineering <laughs> and, um, have, have really appreciated just, how uh just yeah just how beefy everything has been made a grinder will change your life and the right grinder is important like i i i don't grind any meat because my first grinder was a hand grinder and i had i used that for like one week and i was like i'm never doing this ever again and then, <laughs> and then i got a um i don't even remember how big it is but a but an electric grinder that just is it just was not powerful enough to handle any anything that i wanted to do and i kind of got out of it because i was like gosh you know i just i didn't want to i didn't at the time want to spend the money on a on the right type of grinder and I, I just, the one I had was terrible. In fact, I tried to, my buddy's like, Hey, you got a grinder, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll sell it to you. And he, he's like, Oh, okay. How much? I was like, I have 50 bucks. I don't use it. He goes, <laughs> okay. I'm like, well, here, how about this? You try it out first. And if you want to buy it, give me the 50 bucks. And a week later he brought it back and dropped it off at my house. <laughs> he's like, no. So you yeah. have to get if you want to get serious about it, you have to get one of those big grinders. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like you said, it will make or break the experience having that process be so slow. And you know, we've used 
the hand grinders and the, the inexpensive regular grinders as well. But the problem is you end up spending most of the time just jamming the meat down into that auger to get it through. And if there's any sort of like tendons or sinew or whatever, like yeah. that clogs it up, ruins the whole thing, you got to take it apart and whatever. So having one that just chews it up is, uh, yeah, makes the process much, much better. I'm excited for the announcement coming up on Monday. Uh, we'll explain it. Uh, on our channels online and then obviously you'll have it on your channels online and then uh, we'll explain it a little bit more in detail for the radio listeners again next week here on the show Uh, Sam once again tell tell our listeners where they can find you online so uh, Instagram my personal stuff is just at Sam Soholt uh, Soholt Photography on the Facebook side of things and then the majority of the material for this new project will be out on Public Land Tees stuff so It'll be uh, Instagram is at Public Land Tees and Facebook is at Public Land Tees. So pretty easy to find us out there. This has been the Finding Fur and Feathers Hunting Podcast, part of the Sporting Journal Radio family. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts or visit us at Finding. On X Hunt, ever heard of it? Next time you see that guy at your local shop who always punches his tag on a stud whitetail, ask him. He'll tell you about the most trusted source for mapping with nationwide landowner names, private and public land boundaries, including walk-in areas, map tools to mark spots, and the ability to view your maps without cell service. And that's just scratching the surface. It's your time to be known as the big buck guy around town. Download the leader in hunt mapping on Google Play or the App Store. On X Hunt, know where you stand. Devil's Lake is legendary, and this summer has been legendary for walleyes. Don't miss out. Call Haybell Heights Campground and Resort today to book one of their modern cabins on East Bay. The cabins are furnished with a full bathroom, kitchen, and all the amenities like high-speed internet and are clean following CDC guidelines. Staying at Haybell Heights gives you full access to a private boat launch, fish cleaning station, and beach area. Learn more at haybellheights.com. That's haybellheights.com. Plan your trip to legendary Devil's Lake today. Did you know there are more than 1,000 lakes in Ottertail County? Yep, and I'm gonna fish as many as I can. I'm an outdoorsy otter. Nothing beats a full day of fishing for me. The lakes of Ottertail County give me plenty of options to lower my boat and snag the perfect catch. Not an outdoorsy otter? No problem. Ottertail County has something for everyone. You just need to find your inner otter. Go to this site right here. Anglers looking for a destination where walleyes, fresh air, and fish fries are a way of life? Look no further than the famous waters of Lake of the Woods. From Bedette and the Rainy River to the main lake up to the Northwest Angle. Here you'll enjoy the best walleye catch rate in the state. Maybe you'll pursue world-class sturgeon, pike, or muskies. Plus you'll find lots of full-service resorts offering charter boats, delicious meals, and lots of Minnesota nice. Come experience the walleye capital of the world. Come experience Lake of the Woods. Catch the details at lakeofthewoodsmn.com.